Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. According to sleepapnea.org, it is estimated that 22 million Americans suffer from sleep apnea, with 80% of the cases going undiagnosed. Sleep apnea can lead to an increased risk of a heart attack, stroke, atrial fibrillation, and more, leading people to find treatment through continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP machines. In this episode of Clocking In, we're talking with a North Carolina CPAP solution manufacturer, Bleep Sleep who is revolutionizing the way people think about CPAP. Established in 2019, CPAP manufacturer Bleep Sleep is based out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Bleep Sleep was rated a top CPAP in 2019 and 2021 by CPAPadvice.com. The organization was awarded the 2021 NIH SBIR Grant Award for PAP Innovation by the National Institute of Health. Today, we're speaking with Voices of Bleep Sleep, Stuart Hetherington, inventor and founder of the company, and Rebecca Holland New, the CEO and president. Stuart is the creator of the company's unique solution and 30-year pioneer in the sleep industry. Stuart has been a durable medical equipment specialist and sleep apnea patient for 18 years. He has a BA in American history from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Rebecca carries a history of helping healthcare and life sciences companies effectively scale operations to capitalize on rapidly growing market segments. Over the course of her career, she has helped several leading companies, including Thermo Fisher Scientific, Novo Nordis, and Bristol-Myers Squibb, expand market share, execute transformational business strategies, and complete several public market transactions. Rebecca has served on the board of Bleep Sleep since 2019 and directs the company's advisory board. Rebecca received an MS in Industrial Labor Relations and a BS in Economics, Marketing, and Finance from Cornell University. Uh, Today, we're speaking with voices of Bleep Sleep, Stuart Hetherington, inventor and founder of the company, and Rebecca Holland New, CEO and president. So Stuart and Rebecca, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, sir. Thank you very much for having us on the uh, on the show today. So, Stuart, it's customary for us to look at a company name and wonder how it came to represent the business. So tell us what's behind Bleep Sleep. How did that come to be? So I was a polysomnographer, which is a fancy terminology for a sleep tech. And we were you know, still in the process of moving forward. And I was working nights with patients in the clinical setting. And uh, was actually just kind of jotting down notes and, and writing up uh, some information uh, that I thought would like you be humorous and funny because we needed to be a little bit different from our competitors and sent that over to the guy that basically put all of our, our website together initially and kind of did some brand marketing. And, and um, a lot of the riffing was we give a bleep about sleep because it was kind of rhymey and and he wrote back and he was like, you know what? 
you know, I think this would give you a lot of license to have some fun. I think you actually should name the company Bleep. You know, it's very memorable. It's only one syllable. It rhymes with sleep. It's just going to give you a lot of latitude to have fun with it. And, and we kicked it around and, and, and that's the direction it went. And as funny as it sounds, it ended up being incredibly memorable because our product is called Dreamport. Nobody refers to our product as our product name. They refer to our product as our company name. So if you go on any CPAP forum or chat room, people talk about, well, I got the bleep. Did you get the bleep? Like, this is how the bleep works. They they reference the name of our company and not the product, which is really, really unique. So in the end, that was a great direction to go because it stuck in more ways than we could imagine. Right. Well, Rebecca, can you talk a bit about the size and the production efforts of the business today and kind of where you're located and, 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 and whether or not you have national or international locations and what does that look like right now? Yeah, so currently um, our product is only sold in the U.S. Our 510K is with the FDA. We have patents that are filed globally, but our sales are, are currently restricted to, to U.S. Our production right now is in Ohio, but we're in the process of moving our production to North Carolina. And when we look at both our you know, sub uh, components in terms of our, our raw material suppliers and our, our sub um, manufacturers and our primary manufacturing, all of that is in the U.S. So when we think about executive order for Made in USA, we are the only CPAP company that uh, is you know, able to use that claim. So we're pretty excited about the, uh, the Made in USA. In terms of company growth, we've spent a lot of effort on driving awareness. We're a small company up against the big behemoths, if you will, of the world. And you know, last year, we're pretty, pretty excited and proud to say that you know, we grew eight times the market. So pretty exciting when you look at a couple of folks sitting in, uh, in North Carolina and in Chicago to be able to get those results. But I think it's, it comes back to the innovation of the product and really thinking about and answering questions and, and involving patients around what they need to help drive compliance. Yeah. So good. I think this might be for Stuart, but knowing from the intro that 80% of the sleep apnea cases go undiagnosed, it appears there's still a bit of mystery around what indicates a need for a machine. So can you tell us a bit about sleep apnea and typical approaches to it and kind of what makes it challenging to, to build a machine for it? Uh, absolutely. What I will start with is like uh, decades ago, it was always perceived that you had to be a heavy person to have sleep apnea. Like you, you had to be overweight. That was kind of the that was kind of the, the visual that like stuck with everybody. Well, fast forward thirty years later, and some of the worst patients you ever see are are thin. So it's very anatomical driven in what is between or just underneath the eyes down to about the mid part of the neck on the interior uh, lining your throat. You know, it can start in the nose, adenoids. Uh, you can have a retronathia where your jaw is actually receding back uh, further into your airway, where you have a massive underbite, and that's just crowding your airway. You're just born with a really thick neck. So if, if your mother has retronathia and your dad has issues with breathing through his nose, and your dad looks like a lumberjack or you know a defensive tackle, and you get all these traits... And you're born with these things. And then as you get older, metabolism slows down. You put on some weight. That exacerbates this problem that you've probably been dealing with like all your life where you, you hear you know, kids snoring or they, they've got really ton big tonsils and having trouble breathing. And they just don't realize you know, kind of what's going on. And, and so what they're doing is to kind of offset that and be able to be high functioning. 
kids you're seeing diagnosed with ADHD because they're just trying to stay stimulated you know, throughout the day and they're bouncing off the wall. And really, a lot of that can be attributed to you know, sleep-related issues. And then as you get into your teens, things begin to progress. You, you put on weight with women. You know, they might have their, you know, their first baby and they're carrying some of the sleep apnea qualities into the third trimester and they don't quite lose all the weight. And, then, and again, with, with men, it's just you get heavier and it just compounds all those issues. Uh, as an example, like 70% of all offensive and defensive linemen in the NFL have it. And a lot of it, these guys do to themselves because they put massive amounts of muscle weight, you know, on their shoulders and their necks and up into their face. You know, their jaws get bigger and you have all that weight and it's just crushing the airway. So you get to the point where eventually we're getting better and better at diagnosing it. It's not just an in-lab thing anymore. Home sleep testing has become really, really prevalent in the industry. And your and doctors are not looking at sleep like they did 30 years ago as hocus pocus kind of medicine. Everybody understands how critical it is and how it really significantly impacts your life and medicine in general. And Rebecca's got you know stats on that she can share, but it's you know it's critical to everything that we do, and and so it's super important. Yeah, so let's get a little bit about your your product. It's interesting that you identify, I think I read, as a sleep apnea patient yourself. And so how did that drive your efforts to develop this special product? And and how did that so how did that work out? Well, I am a sleep apnea patient now. When I got started back in 1995, my wife was in the industry first. I ended up kind of following her in and working with patients and kind of seeing what they go through, it was it became really obvious to me that a lot of people in my family had sleep apnea. It what turned out my my grandfather had sleep apnea, but it was never treated, but, but just would just saw the logs out of a room. Like you could not stay in a room with him. My dad has sleep apnea, uses CPAP. So I started working with family members to kind of like look at kind of what's going on. And, and my mom had had a stroke when I was in high school. And I remember working with this one particular gentleman who was about the same build as me. And again, some of the worst patients you ever see are, are thin patients. And this guy was young 70s, uh, had no issues other than you know, a little retronathy in his jaw, which is, again, kind of slumped back into his face. But he had idiopathic hypertension. So he had uh, uncontrollable high blood pressure. And the wife said, you know, snores a little bit. But otherwise, he was you know high-functioning uh, patient, uh, came in. Uh, he met emergency split protocol to actually put CPAP therapy on him inside the first hour and his oxygen saturations went down into the fifties. Like this guy was terrible. And you have to know he was, he was doing this every single night because sleep apnea is an ongoing thing. It it doesn't just like, you know, pick spots where it's going to pop up. So he couldn't get to sleep with CPAP. So it's, you know, it, it can be a struggle for patients to adjust to initially, which is why 40% of patients can be perceived as falling out on, on CPAP. So he ended up only sleeping about 40 minutes throughout the night. So when he got up, obviously he wasn't incredibly you know, excited about PAP therapy, but while he was on PAP, he did really, really good. And I told him it's, it's going to take some time for you to get a, accustomed to it. And well, it turns out a, a couple of months later, we did peer review and the physician uh, pulled up his study and she said, do you remember this patient? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she was like, well, he had a massive stroke, but he never did take up therapy. Well, that kind of scared me. Here's this older guy that like is same build and my mom had had a stroke. I went and got 
stuff out of the lab and I put myself on therapy that first night. Like the day that that happened, I went home and started. And while I had tried stuff on in the lab, I had never actually worn it. It was three months of, oh my gosh, I cannot get to sleep. And like I knew exactly what people were going through. And so it's, it's eye-opening, the experience. You, you have the leaks, you have all this contraption in the headgear on your face. It's tight on you. You know, it can irritate your skin. And it was taking me three hours to get to sleep. And, and eventually, over a three-month process of kind of changing what I did, and, and I actually started taking Benadryl, something that would help me kind of get to sleep and stay asleep because I would wake up on it, and then it would start that cycle over again. i get three or four hours on it and then couldn't, couldn't get back to sleep again. The Benadryl kind of helped me kind of create a pathway and now I can't sleep without it. And now instead of being, you know, 170 pounds, I'm 240 pounds and I full have, have full blown apnea and I can't sleep without CPAP. But through that, the course of that process and trying lots of masks, you begin to understand what the pain points are and how the, how the mask really aggravates uh, and influences whether or not somebody can be successful with CPAP therapy. And there's so many pain points. There's 20 or 25 pain points that masks can cause and a lot of them overlap. I mean, it's it's leaks, it's marks on the face, it's dry eyes, it's irritation, it's it's allergies to the silicone, it's it's now it's allergies to headgear, it's bald spot. I mean, it's you name it. It's it's a ton of of things that can lead to people not being compliant. I, I literally had a dream one night, um, probably a little more than a decade ago, and I woke my wife up, and we were actually at a trade show uh, for sleep. And, and we thought that it was a really, really unique idea. Got home from the trade show uh, two days later and did proof of concept, using a, a couple of products that I had laying around, and it functioned throughout the whole night. And then on Monday, I went and hired a patent attorney. So in three days, like, dripped the product to a proof of concept and was like, hey, look, this could have some legs because it really does and can uh, fix a lot of these, these sleep issues associated with CPAP. So that's, that's kind of the, the path of the story. So what did you make? So we made a CPAP mask that removed all of the headgear. Like there's not a strap. There's not any fabric uh, on our mask that's associated with having to hold a product onto your head. Nothing actually goes inside the nose. The silicone doesn't come in contact with you. So it's one size fits all. And what's unique about our product is that the adhesive creates a uniform seal to your shape. What's really interesting about the CPAP market is that masks, uh, and there's been over 350 of them that have been created. It's probably closer to 400 now. Uh, there's new masks coming out every year, but all of them have four to five SKUs. You have extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. You have this assortment of headgear sizes that come with them. And you could be between the size and you'll get leaks and and they'll be uncomfortable. Sometimes they won't allow you to sleep in the position that you want to be able to sleep in. And with our product, uh, because it conforms uniquely to your shape and it applies a perfect seal with no heavier straps, it lets you sleep in any position you want. And by having a perfect seal, it optimizes the capability of your CPAP unit to really work more efficient and run at lower pressures and lower leaks and more optimal settings that can allow you to get a better night of sleep. Wow. Um, so we're the smallest line of CPAP mask in the world. Like there's nobody that can touch the size of our product. And then we have a new product coming out this summer called Eclipse. And it's 30% smaller. Like 
people are like, I didn't think it could get any smaller. Well, look, it's getting ready to just be incredibly tiny. It's no bigger than like a 50 cent piece. And you can put it on and take it off in under a second. It's incredibly slick. Wow. So, okay. So Rebecca, you have this special solution here, special product in a market that's flooded with all these other different kinds of products. You know, how do you break through? I mean, these things have to be prescribed, right? I mean, what, yeah. what, what, what happens in the doctor's office now? How do you yeah. handle it? Yeah. So the, the product is, is prescribed. I think the biggest piece for us is around awareness. So we focus on, you know, direct to consumer awareness, as well as, you know, the prescribers, as well as the distributors, because for prescription individuals are typically about 85% of the time going through insurance and, you know, working with a medical equipment provider to pick up the product. What we focus on is, is really the pain points, right? So when we think about, you know, obstructive sleep apnea, it can shorten the lifespan by eight to 10 years. You know, that's equivalent to diabetes and smoking. So, you know, 80% of nighttime strokes, you know, 71% of type two diabetics have it. When you think about all of the complications, treatment lowers A1C, lowers blood pressure, decreases diabetic retinopathy, decreases AFib, increases energy, improves mental health. And on the mental health side, I will tell you there's a 3.1 times increase in odds of depression, almost a three time increase in suicide ideation. So the mental health impacts almost four times increase in anxiety for untreated sleep apnea. When we think about the problems people have and the solutions that are available to have a solution that allows you to you know, rapidly put a product on and off, nothing is in your line of sight. Nothing is irritating because it is the only out of these 300 to 400 masks, it is the only product clinically proven not to leak. It takes away a lot of issues. So you can be on lower pressure, which makes it so much more easy to breathe. It's like, you know, natural breath. It's decreasing dry eye. When we market this, for example, to women, I, I joke all the time. I have you know, two college daughters and I get nervous every time I get the notice that they're going to go see the hairdresser. Um, when you think about, you know, women and and how much you're spending on, you know, moisturizer creams, your hair, right? To have a product that allows you to still, you know, use moisturizer at night because it's not interfering with headgear, a product that doesn't, you know, mat or break your hair or cause balding spots. There's a lot of opportunity to, to market to the, I'll call it to the vanity aspects uh, that are, are, you know, decreasing people's use because of, of concern. And that's one of the areas that we focus on. Stuart brought up earlier professional athletes. We also focus heavily on, on the health. And, you know, one of our, our campaigns is saving the center of your life. And we happen to be, you know, very blessed to have a, um, an NFL center. That's our spokesperson. It's Ryan Jensen. You know, there's some great videos that we have where, you know, Ryan tributes, not just saving his you know, life, but saving his career from becoming compliant with his CPAP therapy. So for us, there's not a one solution for everyone. What we can hope for is that by educating the population on the risk, the benefits of the product, solving their concerns and being available, which we are in every state, we're now on active military bases as well. We're with the uh, VA, we're covered by all major insurance, you know, that awareness and availability is really our biggest focus. So once I'm diagnosed with sleep apnea, I get to choose which product I want to use. I mean, is that how it works? Or the doctor says you need to get on a solution. Can I choose the bleep sleep product? 
if if you have some understanding and you've done some due diligence and gotten on the internet and, and looked around and kind of found out what's out there, you can absolutely make that decision. And there's a huge difference in the types of machines that are out there. Right. Uh, just as kind of as an example, you know, there's a regular CPAP unit, which is fixed pressure. And then there's an auto CPAP unit, which can auto adjust to different types of pressure. And there's bi-level units. There's there's all types of, of equipment out there, equipment manufacturers, and some have better reputations than others. Uh, as an example, the second largest manufacturer uh, in the world right now has got a massive recall going on because a lot of the foam that's the sound abatement in their CPAP unit uh, was basically deteriorating and breaking down. It was getting into the airflow. So that was uh, being recalled. Some machines are much quieter than others. So you just really have to go out there and kind of make yourself uh, aware of the types of masks and kind of what what you think would be more beneficial to you. So if, if you are a veteran and you're looking for something that's more claustrophobic, something that is very, very small, because you think that's going to be more advantageous to you, then you can you can literally Google mask without straps, uh, mask without headgears, and, and you can find our product. You can go on CPAP forums and talk to other people who've kind of been down this path, and they will make recommendations. So yeah, you can you can really get involved and make the physician kind of honor some of the requests that you have, because in a lot of cases, those providers and physicians they have certain kind of brand specific uh, yeah. that they like to work with and it, it right. may not necessarily be what is best for you. I was thinking it was like all the other kind of drugs and things like that. You know, you go to the doctor's offices and you sell your thing and that's what they prescribe. <laughs> and so, uh, and you don't see this on TV like you do with other things. You know, you just see people, you see these commercials about cleaning the CPAP machine, but you don't really see CPAP machine commercials. Yeah. Well, and I think if you if you you know look at the prescriber, I mean, often they'll write fit to comfort on the script, right? So then the patient will take that to a respiratory therapist, for example, to actually pick out you know their mask. And you know, like any business, you look at how companies will price. We've priced our product to make sure that it's a benefit for payers and providers as well, so that it's it's a best price, if you will. But what we often see is that you know, distributors will have agreements, almost sole agreements with one provider so that they can get massive volume discounts or they'll have penalties in place. So there is a push from some facilities to push a product that may or may not be the best product for, you know, for the consumer. So I think the consumer awareness, and again, this, this transcends CPAP, right, for any product you're just getting some awareness and understanding the benefits, um, risk and benefits with different products, I think is is something we, sh- we all should be doing. So as a North Carolina-based company, we certainly want to ensure that we promote your efforts to grow your company. And we hope to see you make a lot of those machines here in the States pretty soon. And I think you mentioned that earlier, right? You're going to try to bring them here. Is that right? Yeah, it is. So we have, um, you know, we have you know, some of our manufacturing here in North Carolina. We haven't you know, done our uh, announcement on that yet. So we're working through. We have quality support that's here in North Carolina. We have packaging and distribution already that's here in North Carolina. Okay. You know, the majority of our operations is centered here so that we can you know, continue to support the state. It's something I've done, you know, in my my career for you know the last few years, you know, last probably 10 years helping different companies to 
expand in the state. So we're pretty excited about doing that. All right. So founded and developed and operated maybe here in North Carolina, but it's certainly made in the USA, right? Absolutely. And uh, so what we'll do is uh, we're going to take some, get some real nice pictures of your product to put on our website along with this podcast. And so that people will have an opportunity to see what you're doing and hear about how it developed and, and the great things that are happening here in the state around the bleep sleep solution, I guess. Oh yeah. You said it's called Dreamport, right? So Dreamport is, is our current offering. And this summer, our, our newest offering will be called Eclipse. Okay. Uh, and Eclipse just takes it one step further. It's 30% smaller. Like our mask will actually fit inside of the best-selling mask that the number one competitor has and still removes all the headgear and all the straps. And our, literally our product, you can take it and put it on to take it off and put it on and take it off in under a second at any pressure that you can put on it from a CPAP unit. And that's really, really game-changing in our industry that it can be that small, that light, and that small of a footprint on you. It literally is getting to the point where you almost cannot tell the CPAP mask is you know, a part of your night, nightly regime. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this. And again, we're excited for your company and the, and the growth of it here in the state. And again, we look forward to seeing more about it out in the, in the public eye. So we've just been talking here to Stuart Hetherington and Rebecca Holland-New from Bleep Sleep. They're the owners and operators of the company that has the best CPAP solution in the U.S. of A. Thank Thanks, you. Sir. We appreciate your, uh, the opportunity. Thanks again. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.